Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, content marketing strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your content better. Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. And by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. Now, here are your hosts from Oracle Marketing Cloud, Chris Moody, and from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Content Pros Podcast. We're very excited today. We're joined by Eric Inga. Thanks, Chris. It's Randy here. Eric, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. I'm definitely excited to talk about everything that you do at Stone Temple Consulting today. Um, at some point, I'm going to have to ask you if you know the, the date back of almost 20 years of that company goes back to a band I always enjoyed, Stone Temple Pilots, but we, we won't start there, I promise. Why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about what Stone Temple Consulting is all about and what your role is there. Yeah, uh, happy to. First of all, thanks for having me. Uh, so Stone Temple Consulting is a digital marketing agency. Uh, main areas of focus are content marketing, uh, search engine optimization, and social media. All three of those things work so closely together these days after all. And I'm the CEO and founder of the company. Uh, so I work on things like, uh, gosh, what's the vision about where the industry is going and how should we think about things? And get engaged with some of our major clients uh, and, uh, um, you know, hopefully involved in uh, uh, the, the overall marketing of the company to quite a bit, marketing and sales side of things. So those tend to be the areas where I focus uh, uh, for the most part. Great. And Eric, you mentioned search engine optimization. It's a topic we haven't covered a ton on Content Pros. And I know that of all the areas in marketing, I feel like within the last five years, nothing has changed more than SEO and all of the best practices. I know that Google Google authorship and Google Plus, that was the next big thing and everyone rushed to do that. And now hardly anyone is still there. And I'm not sure how important that is, but what's your take on modern day SEO and some things content marketers should be doing? Well, I mean, I think the the big thing is that um, really good SEOs and have been doing this for, you know, four or five more years now, but you have to have a holistic view of the whole thing. And unfortunately, SEOs had a reputation for a long time of being something where, um, uh, gosh, it was about manipulating, uh, uh, the results in Google to your advantage. And, you know, to be fair, all marketing arguably has some level of manipulation aspect to it, but, but I mean, it was like doing things that didn't make sense for consumers because it would cause you to get high rankings in 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 Google. And gosh, you could build and operate businesses that way. But what's different now is you have to have a much more holistic view of uh, SEO. And what does that mean? Well, it means that uh, SEO and content marketing um, really have to work closely and hand in hand with one another. Uh, and they can actually help feed each other and drive each other's success. And of course, then there's social media, which you know, in in a really uh, 
uh, good world from a marketing perspective would be tightly tied to content marketing. Well, so now all three of those things really uh, have a lot of interaction that you you really need to be thinking about. So maybe we should start at the beginning to your point of where content marketing and SEO join. And I'm curious in today's modern marketing team, who do you see as the person who needs to own that SEO strategy? Is it is it an, a certain individual such as your you know lead writer or your editor? Um, you know, or your editor is obviously going to come at, come into the process a little further down the line, or is it you know other members of the team who are going to be more involved in you know just thinking about who your personas are? So where does that SEO mindset need to start? Yeah, um, it's a good question. I mean, first of all, it's important to establish that, you know, where does SEO as a discipline live overall? What department? And given that SEO is about, you know, uh, acquiring visitors to your sites and customers or leads or whatever the case may be, you know, fundamentally, it's a marketing discipline. But there is still a lot of SEO, which is very technical. Uh, and so there's parts about how you modify your website uh, to be friendly for Google and, you know, things that you have to ask. Is the website mobile friendly, which is a big deal these days? Uh, you know, how fast does it run? Does it implement things like schema, which are ways of better informing search engines about what's on your web pages? And so there's there, that whole side of SEL. but as to ha- which a lot of that doesn't really integrate that tightly with content marketing. Um, but um, the, the part that we should be focusing on here for this discussion, it seems, is uh, getting links and visibility online still matters a lot in SEO. And, uh, you know, five years ago, people would have talked about link building as a discipline where you would go do some things to get links to your site. And this is one of those things that really relates to what you asked about before that's changed over the last five years is that kind of have to, (coughs) excuse me, stop thinking about it as acquiring links as it is building, (coughs) excuse me, reputation, visibility online in a way that um, results in getting you mentions and links in the most prominent sites out there. Um, So to me, that's not uh, an individual editor or a writer, but it's a senior marketing person um, has to be involved. Um, and uh, either that person um, has to have a lot of understanding of some of the finer points of SEO, or they need to be paired with someone who does. Um, because it's not just go do a really good PR campaign and you become successful, although a really good PR campaign is a great idea. Um, but you you have to have some understanding of what focus that campaign should have to drive the best SEO results. And that might not be the same thing that you uh, would do if you just kind of went off and and excuse my positioning here, not meaning to be overtly negative with it, but sort of randomly doing good PR. So when you, when you have an SEO focus to it, there's some things that you do a little bit differently, which um, are still about building reputation and visibility first, but you know will have a good SEO outcome at the same time. 
Eric, one of the most popular questions that comes up at every marketing event I go to, and I like to ask this a bunch, Randy and I have talked about this a lot on the podcast as well, but the quality versus quantity debate for content. And, you know, I think from a search perspective, the quantity side, which most people always say quality is more important, like build something amazing and people will find it, which I don't quite agree with the field of dreams approach. I think it has to be a little more targeted than that. But the long tail search, which a lot of people aren't talking about today in 2016, the quantity play could actually be better there because you're trying to attract a smaller, more relevant audience and not competing on the search terms everyone is searching. But, you know, the number of index pages on Google in 2008 was one trillion and in 2013 was 30 trillion. So the amount of competition is insane, but where do you stand on quality versus quantity, especially as it pertains to SEO and people finding you organically? Quality every time. So, um, but let me, let me uh, go a little bit deeper into that because um, uh, I'll start with giving you a sense of the measurement of the impact uh, or the scale of an impact of a quality link versus uh, a, a number of quantity of links. So um, the listeners might be familiar with a, a metric that Google published for a long time and they no longer make public called PageRank. And this was a number that ranged from one to 10 and it was essentially uh, an assessment of the value, um, um, the of the, well, yeah, the authority level of a given page. So a page that has page rank of 10 is extremely high authority. Uh, nine and eight are still actually really awesome. Seven is very strong. Six is, is, is still quite good. And then it drops off from there. And by the time you get to you know, two, one, and zero, those pages have little authority at all. But um, I, I share this detail because now I want to give you some intuition about how to think about the, the true scale. Because our normal reaction would be, well, if I have a PageRank 9 link, um, that's uh, probably about 10% better than a PageRank 8 link. Um, And so that scale doesn't feel very extreme. But that's actually an incorrect way of viewing the scale. So uh, I'll I'll make my one, uh, I'll share my one piece of math right now, which is that the scale is actually logarithmic. And to translate what that means is that PageRank 9 link is actually 10 times more important than a PageRank 8 link, which is 10 times more important than a PageRank 7 link, which is, again, 10 times more important than a PageRank 6 link. So um, in any case, the, the point of all this is that if you get a really high quality link into your site, it can be a million times more important than a low quality link. So gosh, I could go uh, implement a campaign to go get 10,000 page rank two links to my site, uh, or I could get one page rank seven and the seven actually carries more weight. That's single link. So uh, I shared that. Now the page rank, all that page rank stuff I, I talked about is the metric no longer made public by Google, but but I, I just wanted to give people some intuition of just how different the value of a single link could be. And it can be dramatically different. And another thing that helps 
tip the scale isn't just this authority metric, but the relevance. So if I have um, a used car site um, and I'm able to get links from a casino gambling site, um, you know, look, they don't actually overtly hurt me, probably. Actually, they might. That's a whole other conversation. But for sake of argument, let's say it's a, you know, a really good quality site. It's just not that relevant to my used car site. Um, But on the other hand, I get a link from Car and Driver magazine. You know, our intuition about which of those is more important is pretty clear, right? You want the one from Car and Driver. So, um, and that also tilts the scale of the value of a link. So it's no longer, in my opinion, about getting large qualities of of links, uh, but um, um, large quantities of links, I'm sorry, but it's about the quality. And and let me just underscore that one more point, because in our business, we work with some of the world's largest brands. We serve a lot of Fortune 100 companies. And for some of them, we manage large-scale uh, content marketing campaigns, um, uh, you know, using you know very very large budgets. Um, so we target all of those as going after those high-quality sites in lower quantity um, um, over the you know the mass quantity campaigns, and we we get really strong results that way. That's really interesting. You know, I think if just to recap a couple of the last questions, it, it almost feels as though, as you said earlier, you can't really game the system. And it, and it reminds me, I we had an agency partner that we were working with here at Uberflip who you know, was doing a lot of, of sales for us through some of their clients. And then it started to tail off. And I remember reaching out to them. This was a number of years back now and saying, you know, what's going on? Is everything okay? And they said, well, we just can't get the demand anymore because our backlink strategy isn't working. And, and they said, you know, what do you suggest? And I said, well, you, know, you, you've got to be more strategic now. You can't game the system. It's, you know, to Chris's question to you, it sounds like it's not just about the quality over quantity when it comes to content creation. It's also now the case in terms of how that sophistication of backlinking or now today strategic linking has evolved. And, you know, I'm sure Chris at, at Oracle Marketing Cloud, just as here, we get a lot of requests now, um, you know, as we become more authoritative, as we write great content for other people wanting us to link to their content. So it seems like it's definitely you know, a big cycle. And it, it, it feels like, you know, you're helping us, Eric, just to dispel some of these myths. I'm just wondering, you know, if, if, if this backlinking is one myth, what, what's, a, what's maybe two other myths out there with SEO? Because I feel like SEO is just filled with myths. And what would be two, you know, that you can dispel for us? Uh, let's see. Well, one I have immediately off the top of my mind. I'll see if I can think of another in the meantime. But one of the very popular SEO myths is that um, uh, links from social media sites are counted by Google. So if I go to a post in Facebook or Twitter or or even Google Plus uh, uh, and I uh, link back to uh, my page on my site, that that counts for something. Um, and that Google will evaluate that as an SEO ranking factor uh, and, and or, you know, let's say I post a, a link and 100 people reshare that link, that that, that uh, counts as an SEO ranking factor. So uh, I can attack this at three levels. 
uh, and explain why that's not the case. Uh, the first is that all of those links um, on social media sites have what's called a nofollow attribute on them. Um, the short explanation for people of what that means is that they are um, it, the nofollow attribute instructs the search engines to not pass value uh, through the link, or to put it in other terms, that the person, the, the place that's publishing the link, in this case, call it Twitter, is not in any way endorsing the place that gets linked to or allowing the user who posted the link to endorse the link. So, um, uh, so that's, that's mechanism one, and that's a specific technical mechanism. But then there's also, we have to have an understanding of why it is that people share things. Uh, and there's two studies that I'm gonna just reference here briefly. First of all, there's one by Chartbeat that graphed um, the articles that got high read time against articles that got high social sharing. So imagine you have your x-axis showing high read time, where over the far right, those are the articles with high read time. And then you have uh, on your y-axis uh, uh, at the top, that shows the articles of high social time. And if you look at this chart, um, uh, the, the top right quadrant, which is the area which would have articles with high social sharing and high read time, is basically empty. The content that people share uh, in high volume uh, and gets these huge share counts, for, for most part, is stuff that does not get read very much. There are some exceptions, um, and I can talk a little bit about that. But um, second study, this one was done by Moz and Buzzsumo. And they did a study to show the correlation between content with high social shares and content with uh, a high number of links from third parties pointing to it. Remembering that links are still one of the big uh, metrics that, that uh, Google uses for SEO value. Um, and the same thing is true, is that the content with high social shares um, gets very low uh, um, a number of links. In fact, they did um, uh, uh, they did they use a thing called Pearson correlation coefficients to measure the correlation between shares and links. And I, I won't go too deeply into it, other than to say that you know a minus one score on this Pearson correlation uh, coefficient scale means basically perfect negative correlation. Uh, a score of one means perfect positive correlation, and anything 0.3 or higher is a pretty strong correlation, and a score of zero means no correlation at all. The score for uh, in this study was 0 0.01, or pretty passively close to no correlation whatsoever between shares and links. So here we have two things that say that sharing content on social media is a really bad measure <laughs> of what's the best content. Um, and then the final thing that I'll share on this myth, because I think it's a really important one for people to internalize, is Google can't afford to build their algorithm based on a metric controlled by a third party um, 
Uh, and you know, keep in mind, Facebook and Google aren't friends. Uh, so if they tried to use those metrics as a core of the Google algorithm, it could get shut off at any time by that third party. Google's access to those metrics could get shut off. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why that's a pretty important myth for people to get past. That doesn't mean, by the way, that social media can't have a large impact on SEO, because if you publish the right kind of content, um, there are still types of content where there is actually a strong correlation between social shares and links. Um, uh, but you have to, in terms of what your content strategy needs to look like, you need to be really clear on what those kinds of content are, focus your strategy around that, and then social media can play a large role for you. But it's not what most people are publishing today. So that, that's my first myth. I'll stop there in case you have a question uh, around that. Well, I think you were talking about the right kind of content, Eric. And one of the sponsors of today's show is actually something that Rainy is involved with. And it's a podcast called Flip the Switch that Uberflip produces. And they pull together the brightest marketing minds for useful insights, actionable takeaways, and a fresh approach to the content marketing challenges you face every single day. If you go to uberflip.com slash podcast, you'll discover the tips and tactics that will help you flip the switch from ordinary to remarkable. Now, let's talk about remarkable content. You gave us a very good teaser there, and I think you did that intentionally about the right kind of content. So the correlation between lots of links, lots of social shares. You also talked about how you think quality trumps quantity. So what should all the content marketers take back to their desk or keep at their desk while they're listening to this if they're working? What's something we should be doing to get to the right kind of content? What does that look like? The first thing to do is stop producing good content. Don't want it. It's not good enough. You have to think about great or elite content. And, um, you know, there's a couple of kinds of content that um, the, the Moz and Buzzsumo study identified where there actually is a pretty good correlation between social shares and links. Um, and one of those is opinion forming journalism. And, you know, that that really fits into uh, what you were just talking about with the Uberflip and the whole, um, you know, ability to leverage, uh, well, the people who are actual experts, right? Um, and it, it's really important uh, uh, focus, I think, for people uh, to realize that strong opinion-forming journalism does well. The other thing that does well is data-driven research. Um, again, this is just from the Moz and Buzzsumo uh, study, and I'm sure there are other kinds of content that potentially do very well, but um, data-driven studies do very well. And that's, that's what we do for our own uh, promotional efforts at Stone Temple Consulting. Um, and, you know, we've been written up in the Wall Street Journal and Fast Company and Business Insider and Daily Mail and Motley Fool and all kinds of major um, sites. Um, as a result of our data-driven studies that, that we do here to, to help establish our reputation and visibility. But I'll get back to that first thing. You know, good content is good enough. You have to be thinking about elite content and how you can stand out from the crowd. Let's face it, the, the market out there is, is really flooded with all kinds of people putting content out there. So what are you going to do that's different? It's going to attract attention and, and, and really 
um, you know, dial it up another notch. That, that's the, the main thing that uh, uh, I would want to lead people to, to think about doing. So I feel like a lot of the stuff we keep coming back to is tied to, you know, traditional type of content that we think about long form written content. As you said, that journalistic integrity is very important. But one of the things that's evolved, not just on third party sites that we talked about and whether we can link or not, but on our own site is different formats of content. So we don't, we no longer have just a blog. A lot of us are investing in video content. Some of us are investing in white papers. Um, you know, just today, I mean, we're, we're putting together a podcast. How does SEO start to fit into some of these other formats of content where, you know, it, it's not necessarily as cut and dry how we're going to extract the keywords as we would typically associate with SEO? Yeah. Uh, we actually have our own video show that we run at Stone Temple called Here's Why, and it publishes every Monday. Uh, and, and to support that, we've invested. We have a complete green st- screen studio on uh, on the floor up from where I'm sitting right now. Um, and and so that's an example of uh, you know alternate kind of content as you as you were mentioning, as is this podcast and you know webinars and all kinds of things. Um, so. You know, for me, um, I, I think you, you really want to be thinking about how you can um, do something that stands out to, but it doesn't have to be every audience, right? Um, you know, a podcast, you know, you, I'm sure you have specific ways that you're promoting the Content Pros podcast, and it's not reaching every audience in the world, but you're trying to establish leadership in a specific channel, right? Um, and and you're doing that. Uh, so that's that's a great example of, uh, you know, a certain amount of focus around a specific kind of content. So when I think about the different opportunities for types of content, it's like, OK, if I try to do everything, I'll get lost. If I try to do infographics and videos and uh, and podcasts and webinars and speak everywhere and, and you try to do all those things, it, it's too much. And so you want to find a good place where your target audience exists, and then you want to focus some content on, uh, you know, what's the right content for that and how, how can I do that? So uh, here's an example. I'll just give you a quick case study. Uh, case study. There's a, a company called uh, BestMade, makes a product called American Axe, and um, they got very vertically focused on Instagram. And um, the, their their entire content play are these really amazing pictorial essays, uh, which you know you just flip through. You know, I don't know, it might be twenty images of somebody's trip somewhere, and you it, they're so well done. It creates this tremendous sense of connection with the experience that that person had, and they're doing great on Instagram. So um, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, uh, so how that feeds SEO, and then I'll wrap up my answer to this, is um, because they're attracting that attention, um, they are they can cause a situation where people are going to come to their site to look for other things. And if you can support those outbound efforts with strong content on site, in this case, their pictorial uh, uh, um, uh, essays, 
the, that draws links and that brings in links and authority to the site overall. So they're using this idea of awesome content, verticalized channels, uh, and then um, uh, uh, and then content on site to draw the links. Feeds SEO wonderfully. Eric, that example is a perfect segue to our other sponsor, which deals with storytelling. And the question I'm going to ask is a follow-up on storytelling. But if you want to take your content marketing efforts even further, you have to focus on the stories from your team, your company, and your vision. Take a tip from Park Howell on the Business of Story podcast. It's another Convince and Convert production, just like Content Pros. Park has pulled together a stellar lineup of storytellers that span across all industries from Hollywood to business to business to business to consumer, and their insights can help take your business content from meh to wow. Tune in at businessofstory.com. We were recently guests on Park's podcast, and Eric, one of the things that we talked about a bunch was the importance of storytelling to what we do and setting that vision and that mission. And the example that you just talked about going from Instagram and pictorial essays and a lot of that, it it's telling a story. It's walking through examples. How important do you think storytelling is to content today? You know, people engage with stories. I mean, they, they absolutely uh, um, love to, to follow a story, feel a sense of connection. Uh, and I, I absolutely think it's a, it's a critical element. It, it really is because it really uh, does draw the people in. They'll spend longer in the content when it's done in a story mode than, uh, you know, if it's sort of just a dry factual thing. Um, and, you know, these are the kinds of things that, um, well, it kind of feeds into a different thing. Sorry, interrupted myself there, but it feeds into a different thing is when you're doing this kind of stuff, you have to be concerned about audience too. I've been talking about reputation and visibility, but how do you build your audience? And, uh, because again, that feeds the process of, more people engaging in content, resulting in more links, um, and uh, and therefore assisting with the SEO. Um, and that uh, storytelling really helps uh, accelerate the building of an audience, in in my opinion. So big, big role in this uh, overall picture. So we'll let you tell one last story since we're talking about storytelling, which is how we always finish off uh, our show, which is looking back at, at your story of life and what you wanted to be as a kid and whether it aligns to where we are today, which I'm going to guess not because I don't know how big SEO was as a child. <laughs> yeah. When I was a child, SEO was uh, not around. So, uh, but uh, yeah, in, in terms of, I, I think what you want me to go with now is uh, sort of, uh, where where do I uh, see myself in a, in a few years time, and you know what will I be doing? Because uh, first of all, I I love getting up and going to work every day. I'm I'm just thrilled with uh, the, what I'm doing currently. But you know, at some point that comes to an end, and um, and you know, for me, I can see myself getting to a point where, gosh, I could be a university professor. I love teaching. Uh, I'm actually the only person in my family who's not a university professor, uh, uh, truth be told. So I'm the odd duck. Um, Either that or I could sit back and do programming for a living again because it's really cool to solve those kinds of problems um, and, uh, um, you know, and sort of just geek out. Because at the end of the day, uh, you know, once a geek, always a geek. Uh, I think it's a fair characterization of, who and, and what I am. I love that. 
this week I've actually been geeking out with Visual Basic and Excel, which for a content marketer, it's something people are usually surprised that I can go in and write macros. But I did take that one class in grad school that helps with that. So uh, thanks so much for your time, Eric. This is a great show. I know that this is a topic that a lot of people aren't talking about as much as they should. So on behalf of the Content Pros podcast, we would like to thank you for your time. On behalf of Randy Frisch from Uberflip, I am Chris Moody from Oracle Marketing Cloud. You've been listening to the Content Pros Podcast. You can listen to more episodes at iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can find us online at contentprospodcast.com. Thanks again for joining, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip, and is produced by Convince & Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts.